0: This is Briar Klopp, and I'm a sales agronist for CHS Ag Services in Greenbush, Minnesota. And we're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success.
1: Good morning, farm news on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Kuhn, and we'll have an update from Sierra Doctor as well. President Joe Biden will be in Northfield, Minnesota today to kick off the administration's Investing in Rural America event series. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack says Biden will announce over $5 billion in new investments in his
2: rural America agenda. The president will announce a $1.7 billion investment uh, in conservation. It's the single largest investment uh, in any one year of conservation uh, in the history of our conservation programs. And a significant portion of it is $1 billion in a regional conservation partnership program opportunities in 35 states involving uh, large-scale, landscape-scale sized uh, conservation opportunities. It's funded from the uh, Inflation Reduction Act, which itself is a a record level of investment in climate-smart agriculture.
1: The president will also announce $145 million in renewable energy projects.
2: Uh, 697 small businesses and farms located in rural America across 44 states are going to receive the 145 million dollars uh, to uh, in, embrace uh, and to uh, take full advantage of renewable energy. This is not only going to lower the utility cost for the small businesses and farms, but it's also going to position the farmers in particular to take full advantage of additional investments that will come from the Inflation Reduction Act uh, as we uh, transition rural electric cooperatives from fossil fuel-based uh, electric generation to uh, more
3: renewable-based all eyes are on today's Federal Reserve meeting. The Fed expected to leave interest rates unchanged, but that's not a guarantee. The minutes from the meeting will be released early this afternoon.
1: Farm income is tighter this year when compared to last. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor has more. Despite
4: farm income and a tighter position this year, farmers should still be on the road to making a profit. Farmer Mac Chief Economist Jackson Takish says a balance sheet for 2023 looks
0: positive came off a stellar year last year in 22. So, you know, by and large, the ag economy had one of its best years in the last 50 or 60 years. Uh, a lot of income coming through the farms, a lot of, uh, you know, elevated commodity prices, driving a lot of cash uh, to, to balance sheet. So uh, we're coming off of a very strong income year and 23 looks to be a bit of a dip. So that's what the economists are seeing out there. It's what the USDA is projecting for 23 and it's all kind of lining up as we run the corner into the fourth quarter of 23. Hey, look, we are experiencing compression in farm income levels and profitability, but it's not a devastating drop off. We're still really elevated from what an average farm income year is.
4: Takish expects to see moderate volatility in commodity prices for the rest of the year.
0: Well, well, certainly there's going to be a lot of dynamics in the commodity space driven by the supply of different commodities as well as the demand for those commodities. So we're certainly going to see uh, some volatility, I think, in in the months ahead. But there's been a great deal of settling down in the commodity space over the last uh, six months. So where we were talking about $6 corn, we're now kind of in that 4 50 to $5 range. That's really settled down into that comfortable trading range there, rounding the corner into 2024. So if you look at soybeans, they're actually a little bit elevated. So they've, they, they've held up a little bit more as demand for different soybean and soybean byproducts held up for international demand as well as uh, domestic demand for uh, different crush products
4: reporting agriculture's business i'm sierra doctor on the red river farm network
3: soybeans and corn finding a little bit of buying support pluto marketing market analyst dominique vericchio says north american sales are a bright spot
4: the export inspections weren't very good for beans yesterday uh we we did see some decent exports for corn we have seen flash sales to mexico and that's that's something i want to point out if you keep demand focused here in just north america we are moving a lot of product to Mexico, whether it's corn, soybeans, or wheat. They are buying a lot of stuff that the rest of the world doesn't seem to be wanting to buy right now. So we've had that bright spot.
3: Vericchio says there are no immediate concerns for the winter wheat crop, which is keeping some selling pressure on the wheat markets.
4: We got rain. The crop's off to a good start in Oklahoma and Texas in particular. Kansas still needs some more moisture there um, on that crop. But I think this is the first time the, the average trade guest uh, came in with the, you know, right where the number came out at 47 percent good to excellent so uh um you know that that's write that down i suppose uh the kansas number though was only showing 32 percent good to excellence so again we have more work to do right there in the heart of the belt we want to see more moisture get into there and unfortunately the forecast has turned dry for the southern plains again here in the next two weeks
3: reporting agriculture's business you're listening to the red river farm network
1: Farm news on the Red River Farm Network. As of today, the CME is resetting its price limits for grains and oil seeds. The daily limit for corn is now 35 cents. Soybean limits have been expanded to 95 cents per bushel. Soybean meals 25 bucks a ton. Soybean oil 40 cents a pound. And the Chicago and Kansas City wheat limits are at 50 cents.
3: Yesterday, Mark, the last day for determining the average fall harvest price for crops. Irie Insurance agent Reed Irie is expecting crop insurance payments to trigger in some counties.
5: The corn price is going to be right in around down 17 percent. And so just on a 75 or 80 percent coverage level, if you had any kind of a reduction in yield, you could trigger a, a loss there. Um, If you had bought the SEO that gets you up to 86% or the ECO that takes you all the way to 95% on some of the products, corn, soybeans, some of those are going to trigger as well, it looks to me like, in in certain counties.
3: Those with additional coverage options may be in good position.
5: It's going to be one of those years where... The added products are going to give us some pretty good coverage, uh, could trigger some, some payments uh, due to the fact that even if you had an average county-wide yield with a price drop, it's going to, should trigger uh, corn for sure and soybeans are down, you know, seven, eight, ten percent. You know,
1: it's going to be wait and see here, but some of those county-wide products could be a, a winner this year. Temps will gradually warm up for the balance of this week, but still remain colder than normal for this time of the year. The National Weather Service says there is a small chance of rain or snow on Friday and Saturday. Most of that moisture is expected to be north of the area of Highway 2.
3: As drought impacted the growing season, Asgro DeKalb technical agronomist Grant Maring says most farmers have been satisfied with yields.
0: It's kind of a tale of of two situations. Um, There are some fields that are poor with with bad drought, and they're not as bad as the South Dakota drought, but there are some fields that are poor with drought, but by and large, yields are really satisfying and really pleasing. Most folks are commenting that with half the rain they would have probably wanted for most of the corn growing season, it's still pretty outstanding corn yields.
3: Maring says getting the crop started with good stands was the key.
0: And we attribute that to just some kind of luck, given that we, we got such a good stand of corn established. It was a great planting window. High populations of corn came through, and that's how you make good corn yields, with, with a good stand. And then we rooted deep, and we, we got enough rain to get us through spots, and it was a sunny year without much, much disease. So, yeah,
1: overall yields are satisfying and good. A webinar hosted by the Environmental Working Group took place yesterday, urging Congress to block attempts to increase farm subsidies in the upcoming farm bill. Heritage Foundation Senior Policy Analyst David Ditch said providing additional government subsidies would increase input costs
0: yes we've seen this in many sectors of the economy uh, both healthcare and uh, the cost of college come to mind where when there are particularly generous federal programs that provide subsidies uh, you distort the markets and when you distort the markets you lead to people becoming less cost sensitive and then people start taking advantage of that so You you would absolutely see people bidding up the cost of land because they, again, they know that there is a guaranteed amount of profit and then a higher guaranteed amount of profit that that land is going to generate
1: national taxpayers union free trade initiative director brian riley explained that a better solution would be a focus on keeping input prices low by reducing tariffs and other measures
2: if you're going to put tariffs on steel and aluminum and drive up the price of farm buildings and implements and everything else, let's consider the impact on farmers and look at some of those things the government is doing in the first place that drives up the cost of those inputs and and remove those barriers to help bring costs down instead of immediately um, saying, well, we've got to have more subsidies because of some um, hypothetical events in the future. Instead, let's get rid of some of those real-world costs that are, have been imposed by government right now that are costing farmers every single day every time they go out to plant
1: you're in tune with the red river farm network
3: good morning welcome to inside agriculture on the red river farm network soybean planting in parts of brazil is falling behind schedule Grosso has 70% of its beans planted, far behind the 83% pace last year. USDA meteorologist Mark Brushberg says that's not a major issue for soybeans.
0: Anytime a soybean
4: field gets planted late, that means the second corn crop following that gets planted late. And, you know, so late planting doesn't necessarily mean there's going to be a problem with the soybeans. But that sort of raises our concern for the second corn crop.
1: The National FFA Convention kicks off today in Indianapolis with many members in their competitions today and tomorrow. More than 65,000-plus members and guests will be flooding downtown Indianapolis. The opening session will be this afternoon at 3.30. You can stay tuned throughout this week as we cover Star Awards, FFA membership, and leadership activities.
3: Twenty-one candidates are still in the running to become a national FFA officer. Former Minnesota State FFA Officer Kyle Thomas made the cut. Thomas is a 2021 graduate of Rockford High School and is now studying economics at the University of Minnesota in the Twin Cities. There were 35 candidates in the first phase of the process.
1: After a stop in Minnesota today, Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack will be traveling to Indianapolis. He'll speak at the opening session of the National FFA Convention. That will be taking place tomorrow
3: morning. The Government Accountability Office, GAO, is recommending changes in the way raw sugar tariff rate quotas are allocated. GAO said the timing of the tariff rate quota reallocations do not reflect current market conditions. The GAO is an independent, nonpartisan agency that works for Congress. Oregon Representative Earl Blumenauer and New Hampshire Representative Ann Custer are frequent sugar program critics. The North Dakota State Auditor's Office found
1: the North Dakota Soybean Council inadequately monitored contract expenses, which were submitted for reimbursement. The council paid a legislative educator for their time testifying in the legislature for a bill that dealt with checkoff issues. The auditor's office determined that was lobbying activity which cannot be done with checkoff funds. As we check markets this morning, we are higher in wheat and corn, soybeans a bit lower. The Minneapolis wheat December contract 713 and three quarters, four and a half higher. Mar- uh, the March contract up four and a half cents as well. Chicago wheat for December, four and a half better. And hard red winter wheat December, a gain of seven and a quarter. For the corn market, we're a fraction higher, just a half penny higher for the D contract, 4.79 and a quarter. March three quarters of a cent higher, and in soybeans, January 13.07 and a half. That's down three cents. March soybeans, down by three and a quarter. Again, the Fed will be uh, making their latest uh, announcement on interest rates. That'll come out early this afternoon. On the farm calendar, Farm Credit Services of Mandan is hosting a Agriculture, Finance, and Technology Forum. That will be held Tuesday. That will be held at their Agribusiness Center in Mandan, that program starting at 11 o'clock in the morning. Also, as we look to the farm calendar, the Minnesota Agri-Growth Council is having its annual Minnesota Ag and Food Summit. That will be on November 9th thursday in minneapolis this is the red river farm network